Welcome to Clicking Balls. This is our round one review for season 2019. My name is Heath, and the first question I ask every week is your highlight of the week. So, Josh, you're the only one here besides me. So, you got a highlight of the week past? Well, I guess it's kind of uh, a, a two-part highlight in a way. Um, the wife's birthday is coming up. And, you know, it's always hard to uh, get a gift for uh, a non-zero birthday. I think. Right. In other words, once, once you hit 21, every 10 years you get something special, everything else is blah. Yeah, and, and, you know, we've been together a fair while, so all the cool shit I've already got her. Um, <laughs> but um, we share bank accounts, and she saw uh, you know, a reasonable amount of money uh, get uh, get withdrawn, and she was like, what's this about? And I'm like looking at her blankly, thinking, fuck. <laughs> and she's like, oh, should I not ask about this? Should I, should I, should I just leave it there? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> uh I haven't bought her a present no. yet. Um, <laughs> it was for something uh, completely for me, and uh, <laughs> but the uh, the get out of jail free card thing was uh, Eastland had a, a bit of a competition going on for right. the the Spiegel tent thing that's going up, and I won free tickets to an event. So oh, there uh, you go. And how much do those free tickets cost? Oh, $149.95 there plus you go. booking fee. There you are. <laughs> so uh, as it was long as you the- can match it up to the withdrawal, you're laughing. So I feel like I was running on cheat codes this week. Like, uh, you know, I managed to uh, cover my fuck up adequately and then just uh, get a complete get-out-of-jail-free card. So, uh, you know, God, Allah, Gandhi, Buddha, whoever's fucking looking out for me, I'm on your side, mate. Steve Irwin, I think he gave me a big thumbs up. So good on you, champ. That's the way it goes. I've got a bit of a highlight of the week, but it's actually a low light. But um, when you have low lights, you have problems, you, you look for solutions. So I've come up with an idea. This past week... It's fair to say AFL fans have been dickheads. Whether it's been with the the Taylor Harris thing or the fighting in the stands, and then there was more racial stuff. They've covered the whole gambit of dickheadness. Yeah, you know, yeah. They've done sexism, they've done racism, and they've done fighting and, and drunkenness. Um, and it made me think about it more. Like uh, there was a little while back, um, because obviously I spent a lot of time on the Reddit AFL, but I had to look over at the NRL ones, and there was like stereo. Oh, you know, there was people asking about stereotypes, and their stereotype of an AFL supporter is a racist. Um, now, a lot of that's borne out because they're in Sydney and they got um, all the stuff around the Adam Goods. When you're not paying attention to football, mm-hmm. that's the stuff that broke through and, that they paid attention to. To be fair, if you're racist in rugby league, there's about 10,000 Polynesians who yeah, will exactly. not put up with that yeah, in the crowd. Yeah. More than half the teams you know, are non-white Australians, but... Um, so I thought about, you know, and now um, all the clubs are trying to go, what do we do about it? Um, you know, Channel 7 tried to take down the Taylor Harris uh, photo, which I, obviously was the wrong thing to do, but you can understand what they're trying to do. They, they were trying it, to stop the, the yeah. trolling, I suppose. And it was a panic reaction. I can understand that. That's fine. Um, yeah. Some poor social media coordinator on 50 grand yeah. a year is, yeah. Exactly. Pull exactly. the trigger. They, yeah. they made a mistake for the right reasons. You know, they tried. Um but it's been corrected since. Uh, I know uh, Alistair Clarkson, he did a video from the Hawthorne website about, you know, let's fill it about the social media with positive stories. West Coast Eagles did a video as well with their whole team. Yeah, so um, And had um, Chance Bateman, who went a different route, who went the education route. Hmm. He said, "What you called him a monkey. This is why that's offensive. Not just, yeah. I don't care. Um, you know, you're not just um, berating somebody and saying you're racist. Um, anyway. I thought that was really good. That's starting to change how you want to try and fix the problem. Um, now, we had the dickheads today that uh, uh, got um, charged with the, the fight that happened at the footy last week. Mm. So I thought, you know, what can you do? Um, 
we don't need more people to come out and go, you know what, racism is bad. Because, okay, yeah, we kind of get that. Those who haven't got the message yet aren't going to. Exactly. So what do you do? Um, and I thought, you've got to try a different way. So any movement these days needs a hashtag. And I'm not taking the piss here. Um, you know, these things happen. So I've thought of a way we can start to change it. Um, so the hashtag is clean up the AFL. But what I want to do is I'm going to write to every single cheer squad. Um, do you remember the uh, the World Cup of Soccer? And I think it was at the last Olympics as well. The Japanese fans and teams cleaned up, clean up after themselves. Yeah. Um, and I think it was the um, Winter Olympics, actually. There was a great photo of the Japanese team's locker room after they left in mm. the ice hockey. It was spotless with a note thanking the cleaners and all, uh, the hosts and all that kind of stuff. So what I want to do is I'm going to write to all the AFL cheer squads and tell them, um, challenge them to clean up after themselves when the game's finished. Because I think if you start to show, here's a positive thing we can do. It shows respect for um, for the, the stadiums that you're at, the grounds that you're at, the host of the football. It's a respect for uh, the teams that are playing, saying, look, you know, we're going to clean up after ourselves. And I want it to, that respect to then follow on. Like clean up our act. Kind of clean thing. up our act, yeah, exactly. So let's physically clean up to show that the metaphorical cleanup is going to happen. Well, they had that trash bag challenge around the, the beaches and the yeah. public things. And to be honest, when you see some of the stuff, especially uh, in the more populous areas, and it's just fucking rubbish. And yeah. St Kilda is one of those places that uh, along does, the beach. does yeah. pretty well. Like, it's not the worst by any means, but uh, you know, could do with less syringes. But I think if you... You can't just put it out there to all fans because it's just it's too wide, it's too big. Yeah, if you've got one person in the row doing it, then yeah. 18 people in the row not doing it, you end up... Yeah. What's the, the point? Yeah. It's not going to spread enough. But if the cheer squads who are connected to the club more than the everyday supporter, if they can say, you know what, this is the example we're going to set, um, and hopefully they take pride in theirs, that um, the club will then recognise it. And then people can go, you know what, we cleaned up. Uh, you know, it's it's uh, Richmond v Collingwood this week. The Collingwood end was fucking spotless. The Richmond end wasn't, or whatever it happens to yeah. be. And then it can start to go, you know what? We have this respect for our area, for where we are while we're supporting this game. And that respect continues on to then respect for the other, the opposition, opposition supporters, the opposition players, your players, and just a, a, an environment or a, a culture of respect. And I think that could be some little way that you can start it. Yeah, show no, something. I think the extension too is that um, some of the, when you see some of that stuff, the criticism is, well, you know, it's someone's job to clean this up. Uh, I'm doing that a job. That's bullshit. Yeah, they're getting paid anyway. You can have respect for the person who's got to clean up after you too. Yep. Uh, and that, you know, it's the same with like fast food, food court, whatever. You see people just leave their shit everywhere. It's yeah. like, mate, they're, they're paid to keep the place tidy not to pick up after all your shit. Yeah. They're paid by the hour, not yeah. by how many papers they pick up. Exactly. And it, it also sort of uh, degrades them in a way to say, well, look, I'm going right past a bin, but uh, clean up after my shit, peasant. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, cops are paid to book speeders. That doesn't mean you go speeding so that they can book you either. No. Um, not sure that works, but yeah, okay. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write to every single... Because you know I love a letter-writing campaign. Um, not one of them has worked over the last four well, years. Well, maybe um, actually write a written letter because they'll be so fucking shocked. They'll be like, oh, here's Gladys again. That, that's, oh, what that's what I've done. I've written letters to Scott's Transport. I've written letters to the Hawthorne Football Club. Of, uh, and I wrote one to somebody else. And none have even got a reply. Um, but that doesn't mean I'm going to stop. Um, and, you know, we know Joffa. We've spoken to Joffa. I reckon if I look hard enough, I'll find his mobile number. Um, I'll, I'll start with Joffa and see how we go. See, I can see him get it behind that. Uh, particularly because he's um, 
he's quite a friend of the the, the downtrodden disadvantaged. Yeah, he's uh, he does a lot of charity work. Yeah, he's never shy in helping people out. Loves so, a good cause, and absolutely abhors racism. Yeah, um, of course he does. Uh, you know, top bloke. Yeah, he's a top bloke. He just supports a shit club. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that, I mean, that's where we may. That's why I'm going to try and go for it. There's not many jokes there, but um, I just what I did like got to do something when West Coast put out their uh, against racism um, video. Every single club retweeted it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, including the Melbourne Storm and uh, Dan Andrews got in there. Everyone jumped on, which is, you know, some people say, oh, it's virtue signaling, whatever. That's horseshit. Virtue signaling is when you're showing something you don't support. Yeah. Uh, and they're standing by it. They're, but, like, uh, Richmond uh, punished that guy who was uh, fighting on the way. Yeah. Or was it spent, the racist guy? No, racist for Liam Ryan. Yeah, that's right. Um, two years uh, suspended, suspended membership. membership and has to complete a, a racial sensitivity course before he can come back, which most likely means he'll never come back. Yeah. And you know what? I'm fine with that. But on the off chance he does, if he learns why that shit's harmful yep. and how it actually re- dehumanises yeah. a person, well, that, uh, then that, he becomes a better bloke. Well, that's why I like the West Coast approach better than previous times. They've just gone, look, you're a dickhead, go away. Yeah. You know, and like, yeah, but... It doesn't work that way. You can't just chastise them. Um, the, the West Coast Eagles will look, look, here's why, mate. Here's, they want to be understood, not just to punish and, and, and admonish. Because yeah. it doesn't work that way. I don't know, I'm, I'm a big fan of edgy humour, but there's got to be a humour aspect to it. Yeah, exactly. Like you can't just be a prick and say, oh, you just don't get my humour. No, no, see, anything can be funny yep. if you're good enough. Yep, exactly. Uh, but if you're not, you know, a, a Bill Hicks or um, a Dave Chappelle, maybe stop trying to reach for their uh, their heights. It's got to be funny and edgy. Not you can't be. It's funny because it's edgy. It doesn't work like that. Yeah, it's like a magician who cuts his hand off and it reappears. The reappearing the past trick. <laughs> Any like, fucker can cut the hand off. Not like that at all. But again, I, I had a fucked up metaphor before. That one works as oh, well. One each. All right, let's go into the footy then. Um, the actual do, games. Do we have to? Uh, at least yours is last um, Thursday night Carlton v Richmond um, kicking it off I feel like Richmond did enough um, but uh, we went to this game and actually I've got to say I was on fire um, be, before the first bounce I told you Tom Lynch first goal yeah yeah picked you, it you didn't put anything on it though. I didn't put any on it no no, I was, I was picking everything actually and then I said so that's that, when you always pick it when you've got nothing yeah, on it exactly um, and I was absolutely 100% certain too um, and I also said, uh, I reckon, that after watching uh, a quarter and a bit, that Alex Reins was not going to make All-Australian this year. I just had that, that feeling. And then in the third quarter, he did his knee. I'm like, okay, definitely not going to make All-Australian this year. Well, that's about Yeah. No, I remember you saying that, actually. Uh, I wouldn't remember when he went down. It looked so innocuous. Which is always the key. Yeah. Now, when you see that, you go, yeah, he's done. So I just thought he got falconed, and he was trying to... Uh, to ice the knee is a distraction. Um, I, I thought, did I hear, heard him say or read? Um, he said uh, when he went down, he thought, "Oh, the the pack just collapsed across my knee." Then he saw the replay and went, "No, they were nowhere near me. I was by myself. That knee just went." And he said, "That's how the pain was." Um, but uh, yeah, it's an absolute shocker. But um, it's one of those things, you know. It's. Uh, you got to deal with injuries as they come up, and Tigers have had a good run, mm. but uh, poor old Rancy's going to sit out uh, this year. And uh, Basher as well, apparently, got a hamstring sort of, which is, which is weird, because I saw him running along the Trobe Street the Savo. Did you really? Oh, he might, runs might there, have done it then. <laughs> maybe he, he runs there every lunchtime. Like, okay. uh, he'll run 
you know, I, I don't know where he's coming from. I, it might be Punt Road, maybe lives in the city, no idea. I'm no idea. not going to follow him home. Um, he runs by Flagstaff Gardens, down Latrobe, and wherever he goes, I don't know. Maybe it's over to Marvel Stadium. But, uh, yeah, I saw him running, and then an hour later in the uh, AFL website, it's like, oh, and bashes out with hamstring strain. Yeah. Like, really? Well, a little bit of tightness, that might, could be it. Could be. Um, unless it was someone else entirely, and but, there's another, you know, bald, six-foot-two, yeah. <laughs> uh, bearded dude running around in Richmond kit. <laughs> in full Richmond training yeah. gear. I dare who, say there's probably not. Who stops into the mosque on the way. I, I have no <laughs> idea. Um, uh they have named their side for tomorrow night. We're recording on Wednesday night, so um, Tigers have already named their side, and, and he's obviously not playing. So, yeah. I mean, the thing is, Rance, um, he does have a bit of white line fever, and on the ground, sometimes he shits me to tears. <laughs> but off the ground, he seems like such a likable lad. Ah, oh, he is. He's a great media performer too. Um, but it's now it's he's out for the year. Um, it, again, gets a chance for those people that say, "Oh, he's not really that good." Anyway. And I think that's one of those signals that if somebody says that to you, you go, right, well, you know nothing. Yeah. You're you're too blind to to have an intelligent conversation about football. I think some people, uh, they look at some of the all-time full forwards of a previous generation. Like, um, you know, uh, even Matty Scarlett, in a yeah. way. Um, full backs, you mean, yeah. Full backs, that's what I meant, sorry. Um, and they, they expect the big gorilla sort of bloke. Yeah. But the full forwards aren't. The stay at no, home, they, stay in the squares type anymore. They need to be more mobile, and the fullbacks aren't either. Yeah. And Rance's uh, ability to leave his player on their own to make that contest yep. means reads that, the play. Yeah, it means that uh, the forward fifty entry for the other team is a, a two on one against. Yeah, which any forward who's got a two on one is going to be in a bit of shit. Yep. No, he's he's been all Australian the last five years running, and nobody else has. That's yeah. that. There is no more discussion. He's the best fullback going around. Pretty much solely for that reason, because yeah. he knows when to leave his man. And most players don't get that. No. But he's just been able to pick it more than uh, most in the recent seasons. Um, They'll what, definitely struggle to cover him. What else did you make of the game? Because I thought um, when it was terrible, it was terrible. When it was good, it was okay. There were I, good passages. I thought um, watching Carlton then reminded me of watching North a couple of seasons back. You'd have... Two thirds of a passage of play would be really nice, and they'd be running and they'd be making space to each other, and then someone would fuck it up. And sometimes it's just someone's getting tackled, and they handball to someone within arm's reach themselves, and they get tackled too. It's like, yeah, you know, this is under seventeen shit, mate. You know, you shouldn't handball to someone who's standing right next to you, and you're, the bloke tackling you can tackle them too. Yeah. Well, at the end of the day, too, Carlton won the middle two quarters, so quarter the second quarter and the third quarter, they won it on the scoreboard. So they get two points, not by much. You'd think so. Um, but I I could see what they're trying to do. They just looked a little bit disorganised in the midfield, to be honest. Hmm. Um, but the players are there. They've got. They just haven't quite got the smarts. Yeah, and Sam Walsh, decent debut. Oh no worries. Um, I was actually it was very good watching at the ground. I don't know if you could see it on TV, but because of the six 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 starting positions, what Richmond were doing was one of their wingers was basically playing on the back corner. Hmm. Um, so he's given up the spot on the wing. He's gone straight to the back line. As soon as the ball's bounced, he run into centre half back, which means you're leaving the other winger by himself. Hmm. You know his opposition who was Sam Walsh most of the time. So I think that was very deliberate for Richmond. They went, we'll leave the first gamer. If we've got to leave somebody, we're going to leave him. Makes sense. Um, so that meant he had a bit of space. You know, he got a bit of ball. And for a first game, what more can you ask for? Yeah, fair play. He got a few hardball gets too. He did. So we, he earned some of his spots. Um, Absolutely he did. The other thing I noticed about 66, which I mentioned to you at the game, was that there were several times when 
Uh, they had their shot clock on to get yeah. into position, and there were several times when I think it's Jack Revolt w- wasn't in position in the goal square. Yeah, he was about two steps out of the square. They didn't call it. Yeah, um, good. I, I think that's the way to go. Like but, you, you don't want to. And I, I have no idea what the penalty even is. It's a free kick, so it'd be a free kick from yeah. the goal. Uh, I think actually no, you get a warning first, right? Um, and there was one warning on the weekend, but I can't remember which team it was or when it was. But I remember seeing, oh yeah, that's the first one. What was the Collingwood game? It, it could have um, been, but I can't remember. Um, but I'm, I'm okay with that. I don't think you need to be, you know, oh, his foot was on the line. Let's yeah. see a replay. No right. one wants that. If he's walking towards the goal square, good enough, mate. Yeah. Good I'm, enough. I'm okay with that. I mean, you know, if uh, my team's down by two points yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's 10 seconds ago, I'd probably want to call everything against uh, the other team. But, you know, in the interest of, I mean, we have enough fucking free kicks, don't yeah, we? Exactly. Um, I, I don't like the rule because we're just making more rules for the sake. And um, I do think that the, the idea is to try and remove the congestion around the ball, but I think we've just moved the congestion to the forward 50 instead. But anyway, um, yeah. that's the way it goes. And that was a, a technically a low-scoring round, but yeah. I, I found plenty to watch in most of the games I watched. Yeah. The, the other thing I don't like is every time there's a goal from the centre um, uh, center bounce, centre clearance, they're like, oh, that's 666 in play. I'm like, We've had centre clearance goals before. Yeah. Guys. This isn't a new thing. But anyway, uh, that's the way it goes. Uh, oh, that's not the worst change, I think, that's been made. But um, yeah, that's the yeah. way it goes. Um, on Carlton, too, I think that uh, this game last year, Charlie, Charlie Kerno had an absolute blinder. Um, he was unsighted for a long was, game. Well, no, he was sighted too often, dropping marks. Well, that's that's usually what it was. He got the Bronx cheer, I think, in the third or fourth quarter <laughs> when he took one. Um, if he marks everything, I think you know the result might be different. Well, you think he's got Casbolditis? Uh, he, he did on tonight. I mean, on this one night. That's only one game, though. It's only round one. Yeah, um, I think he'll come back. He, he looks. He could be a superstar. Oh, uh, he's going to be. He, I mean, we've he had about, about a lot of Carlton players, and yeah. some of them were when they left to go to other yeah. clubs. Um, Tommy Lynch scored three goals as well. Um, you say that's a good turnout for your first club. I don't reckon he was that impressive. Yeah, see, I'm the same. I think um, several of those are pretty weak. He was manned up on by very undersized backline. Yeah. Um, Still managed to drop a few marks. He did. Dropped a lot of marks. Uh, he got one easy one in the goal square. Uh, a couple of... You know, he, he had one good goal, I think, which he, was from about 40 out. His first uh, was a, a marking goal from about 30-odd out, but yeah. it was 100% a free kick against Jack Rewalt. Uh, the second one was a handball at the top of the goal square, which he should have caught, but he dropped it and then you know snapped a goal but should have taken the handball anyway and the last one was a bit of a dodgy free kick I think as well um, but uh, you know it was a nice set shot but um, I thought it was very very quiet um, and maybe some of the comments in the paper from was it Jack or, or Alex Rance he has a lot to learn I think it's just about learning where to be for this Richmond system I as opposed was, to standing in the goal square kick it to me I think also he's coming from uh, a system that hasn't had much success so yeah, he's yeah. been able to sort of just ignore it a bit yeah. and play for himself. And exactly. now Richmond's like, no, mate, we're in a premiership window. Yeah. You shape up or you're on the fucking bench. Because uh, they will bench his ass, uh, no matter how much they paid for him. And the other big thing I saw coming out of the game was uh, Dusty. Um, he had his still had his moments of brilliance, but he also had his down moments. Um, he got caught holding the ball twice. Once was by little Zach Fisher, hmm. who I reckon I could push over. You know, He's a bit of a terrier. He is, absolutely. But he's still you know, 45 kilos, I reckon. Um, hmm. But... What I liked about it on Dusty's side of it, um, obviously he has a lot of confidence, but he's not egotistical. He has confidence in that, I'm going to give the don't argue and run away. Hmm. Now, he tried that with Zach Fisher, and Zach Fisher ducked under it and tackled him holding the ball. Um, Dusty just got up and stood the mark. There's no remonstrating or anything like that. He's like, 
you got me. You, you, you won. I'm setting the mark. You know, there was no macho yeah. pushing or shoving or rubbing him into the dirt. It was like, no, you won. Well, I think that just, if you do that, then the other players got you. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. They've gotten in your head. And you're trying to prove something. Yeah. He doesn't need to prove anything. Well, Dusty knows seven out of ten times he'll break that tackle. Yeah. Uh, just that, Probably more. Probably more. Yeah. Just that Fisher, you know, you know what? is little enough to get under that arm. You got me. Yeah. That's all it was. That was a fair tackle, too. I think it was. the other thing I noticed, which was uh, encouraging and discouraging, how raw Carlton fans were. Uh, some of them were getting really fired up. Yeah. And uh, there were almost, well, I mean, obviously there was fights away from us, but there was some pretty harsh words flowing between Carlton fans. <laughs> and I'm like, if you guys are going to get this worked up in round one, Jesus, lads, it's going to be a long season for you guys. Did you come here to expecting to win? Yeah. <laughs> like, you want a good show. Every every team wants a good show, no matter how pizzled you get. You want at least someone who's getting out there holding their head high. Yeah. And Carlton weren't pantsed. Like, they were in the game for bits, and they put up a decent show. They lost by five goals, but they were close at three-quarter time. Well, and there were, you know, good signs. There was decent play. There's improvements that can be made. No one's arguing that. But I think the the effort and the result was about what you should have expected coming in around one. Yeah. Uh, there Anyone, was lots of skill errors, but on both sides. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. think if any of the Cutland supporters had uh, put 10 grand on their team to win, then... They got 10 grand to lose. Yeah. Then, mate, I've got a bridge to sell you. Because it, it was as good as you could expect it to be. All right. Collingwood and Geelong on Friday night. Um, again, it was just one I, I watched this one at home, but in the uh, third quarter when Collingwood were missing all those shots on goals and just wasting opportunity, you go, nah, they can't win this. Yeah, it's tip killer, isn't it? <laughs> Funny you say that, because um, Saturday was the real tip killer, and I'm sitting there watching the games going, oh, God, I've missed that one, missed that one, missed that one. Um, unfortunately, uh, well, fortunately, I put my tips in a week earlier. I tipped a lot of upsets. I was going into Sunday. I had five tips on the board. You're full of shit. Five out of uh, five out of six. I had going into Sunday. Um, I ended up with five. Uh, <laughs> all up. I think I got three. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, this way, guys. Um, Geelong, I think, played a very mature game uh, as well. Uh, it was played on Collingwood's terms, but they wasted the ball too much. But I think that. Um, yeah, Geelong showed that they got more than just uh, Dangerfield, Selwood, and uh, Ablett. Mm. Um, Dangerfield was still good, but I, I thought Kelly was the uh, the better one for him. Jeez, isn't he uh, turning into something? Yeah, isn't he? Uh, second year in the AFL. Um, he's just driving his price up. Um, oh, 100%. Which is good for you know Geelong because he wants to go home. Everyone knows that. just means that they'll be able to get a, you know, a top 10 pick for him. Well, it's good for Frio as well because uh, West Coast can't afford him. <laughs> well, Freo might not have a top 10 pick the way they're going, but uh, we'll wait and see about that. Yeah, but uh, something that should shit Collingwood supporters off, Geelong did get the rub of the green in this one, I thought. You thought so? There were plenty of um, frees given that I thought other players wouldn't get, uh, besides Ablett and Selwood. Uh, I didn't see a lot of danger. But, but, and, but who, that's who also, would have thought that? Yeah, but that's also part of playing on those guys. You know the umpires are watching. Yeah. So you do it clean, but... Plenty of times they were more than willing to take a knee when it was a near miss. I think there were one or two where Selwood didn't get a free kick. I remember watching him going, oh, he would have got that one last year. It might have only been one, to be honest, yeah. um, but I can't exactly place it in my head right now. It might not have been the same umpire uh, doing each call. Too. Could have been, yeah. yeah I yeah, mean, yeah. when you've got three field umpires, you're going to get three different interpretations of half the rules in the game. Yep, exactly. exactly. But that's the chaos we live in. 
It is. Um, but no, I, I thought there was some really, really good plays. Yeah. Um, just a few of the Collingwood players, especially guys like Pendlebury and, and Sidebottom, I thought were just a little bit off. Yeah. Um, the go intralaw, um, butcher the ball at times. Um, but I think both teams can play better than this. But the other thing too, I thought uh, Chris got outcoached um, Buckley. I think so. Because coming into that uh, final five minutes, in the previous 10, Scott had rested all his stars. Yeah. Buckley hadn't, and then in the the dying moments, Trelaw couldn't get there. on. Yeah, um, and a few other guys. I think Grundy was off too. Also, when they rested him, the kids did well. Yeah, you know, and that's where they come through. Um, Reece Stanley had a better game than I think he was given credit for. He um, had an excellent game. Yeah, um, and for a and they play Melbourne next week as well. I think so. He'll be up against Gorn. I'm pretty sure. But uh, he Grundy is. They do. Yeah. Yeah, Grundy and Gorn are the two. Best Ruckman running around at the moment. Yeah. Uh, I would say Grundy is the better tap, um, but he did I, not have a lot of it his way. No. I, I'd, I'd go the other way. Like the, I reckon Gorn's a better tap, but it's it's picking. I'm more know, thinking it, centre-bounce. It's pulling straws. But um, um, I, I think Gorn's probably better on the boundary throw-ins, but I'd take Grundy in the bounces. But, but, but anyway, uh, both of them got beaten on the weekend. Yes. I thought, yeah. yeah. Um, but in it, Gorn's case, literally. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to that game then. Uh, Melbourne versus Port Adelaide. Um, and this is one I'm going to have to own up and say 100% picked it wrong. Oh, fuck yeah. I thought um, the Port Adelaide structures are going to be wrong. I thought they were being coached wrong. They had no answers. They had too many new players. Well, they were coached brilliantly. They had a plan. They had the players that went out and executed it, including first-year players. Mm. They knew what they wanted to do, when they wanted to do it, and they had the men that were willing and able. Well, we put the hit on Rockliffe uh, in the season previews. Yep. And uh, he, he 40 touches. <laughs> he heard us, apparently. And he decided, well, this Wingard guy's blown off and uh, some of the other lads are left. Oh, I guess it's my time. My turn. And he, he did all right. Uh, I think I'll, it's fair to say. Ollie Wine's gone skiing. I'll take up his slack too. No worries. Um, obviously, the, the, the plan for Gorn worked to an absolute treat. Now, a few of it was, you know, a bit behind play and that cost you fines, but... The intention was there. And then Robbie Gray mouthing off. You know, I I've, yeah. haven't seen that before, but that's what a leader does. You go, all right, this is what the coach has said. That's what I'm going to do. Well, I think it goes Brilliant. back to, um, like in cricket and a lot of other sports, you attack the captain or attack the heart of the team. Yep. And Gorn's not the captain, but he is the heart of that squad. Yeah. So you start roughing him up, and all of a sudden, you yep. know, he's distracted, and yep. he's worrying where the next hit's coming from, yep. and everyone's trying to protect it. You end up uh, throwing their whole mental state in disarray, and yep. I think they played it perfectly. Oh, and they had two recognised Ruckman to do it. You know, yep. the, the, they had um, uh, Paddy Ryder, who, who's top class, and they had Lysette, who's um, played an excellent role on uh, guys like Grundy and Gorn in the finals last year. Both did their job. Well, yeah, I, I think Melbourne will learn from this going forward, and yep. they'll probably have Bruce in next week. <laughs> yeah, I think so, everybody said. <laughs> Um, but, uh, you know, full credit if, if, uh, Hinkley, who we put, uh, the heat on as well in the preview, yep. if he's That's come out, it. if he's come out with that game plan, fair play. And if they're going to yep. play the hard ball, the hard man, I think that well, can sometimes, uh, cover when you're not quite as silky because you get the opposition scared. Yeah. You don't See, I don't know if they are. I think they, uh, this is their plan for Melbourne. Uh, well, we'll th- that's out. what I believe. Watch it. And I, yeah, this is what I'm saying. I want hundred percent got this one wrong. Because mm. everything I thought they were going badly on, they showed that they were doing it right. So you, you, as good as my calls were on Thursday night, couldn't have been worse on this one. Um, 
I think also the other reason Melbourne lost was they went in with a few players that are underdone. And it's been well covered. Well, that showed in the fourth quarter because yeah. uh, I think they were leading almost at the end of the third um, and then just, what was it, about five goals in a row to Port. Yeah, down about eight points at three-quarter time. Um, but uh, guys like uh, Jones and Viney didn't have the run in it, didn't have the chase or, yeah. or, or the tackle. And I like, I like both those players. They're very straight at the ball, um, utterly fearless. But, yeah. you know, that does take a toll on you, especially early in the season when you haven't built up that sort of uh, callousness to your body. And Westhoff kicking five in game number 249 is not a bad effort either. Um, See, he's one of those sneaky ones that gets to 249. Like, yeah. you think he's about been around him, forever. Like, he's been around forever, but I, I don't remember him being in every week. And yeah. yet he's probably paid about 100 in a row. I think so. I think he's got the current record. I think somebody said, yeah. um, or they might have said it about somebody else, for consecutive games. Um, it just keeps rocking up. Yeah, and keeps doing a good enough job without being a superstar. He was pretty damn decent in this well, one. Well, see, that's the thing. Port Adelaide think he is a superstar. Not everyone else agrees, but um, I, he's more than handy. You got to say. Oh, I think um, he's above average. Yeah, definitely by by far. Um, on to Adelaide versus Hawthorne. Do you watch this one? No, I thought it'd be shit. Uh, you were right. It was. It was the worst game of the weekend. Um, Hawthorne got up, and there was. Uh, I was following it on Reddit again, and somebody said, "You know, Adelaide deserved to lose by ten goals." Um, and I said, "You know, uh, my response was Adelaide might deserve to lose by ten, but Hawthorne certainly don't deserve to win by ten. It wasn't a good game. The skill level was terrible. Um, Adelaide. It was played on Adelaide's terms the, the whole game, but uh, their terms were let's kick it to the Hawthorne player." Um, it was very well set up across the back line. There was probably four good players for the Hawks, and that was about it. It's young Warple. He's a, there was Three, a bit, of, bit of heat on him last year, and I thought, well, you know, he, he had a couple of good games. but A couple of good moments in geez, games. He's coming the blocks. Well, just quietly, he's equal leader in the Brownlow right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. Along with, you know, eight others. But um, what do you have, 20-odd touches and two goals? Um, you take that. And one uh, fend-off on Jago Ramirez. Um, which, you know... Hey, you get your stats, you get your stats. But I'm a big believer in, you know, second-year Blues, and this is his second year, and he's gone, nah! Well, he's not going to the Blues. <laughs> um, no, he had a good game. Uh, Jarman Impey was great across half-back, and so was Sicily. I think Sicily had 27 touches at 83% disposal efficiency. Take that any day of the week. See, I really want Sicily to fuck up so I can be justified <laughs> in disliking him, but he's doing all right. I can say, if you dislike him, you're definitely in the majority. <laughs> no yeah, I'm not that. swimming uphill there. Um, no, it's uh, it, it's funny when uh, the AFL was doing their countdown um, to the season starting. They did you know ten days to go, and they'd show Scott Pendlebury because he wears mm. number ten. Nine days to go, and they show somebody wearing number nine, so on and so forth. And they got to number six, and they showed Sicily, and I went, "Oh, let's look at the comments on this one." Did not disappoint. Yeah, what, what's cause that? Because he got, got six weeks. <laughs> what's that flog there for? What have you got him? I'm like, yeah, great, good, thank you. Um, but in fairness. If you're a likable backman, you're doing it wrong. Pretty shit. You're doing it I wrong. I mean, even Alex Rance is the nicest bloke. People oh, fucking hate him. There's plenty of hate out there for him. And that's fair enough, too. I, I, who would be the most likable backman who's competent? And I can't fucking think no, of one. There, there isn't one. Um, when I run through all the all the backs running around at the moment, like Bagley, Hooker, uh, even. Uh, Strats. Ben Stratton. I'll give you that. He's hard to hate. Because of the mullet. But now that's gone. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, you're right. There's, there's very few. Scott Thompson has his detractors. <laughs> Barry Hall happens to be one of them, which leads us to two clubs that Barry Hall played for. Um, yeah, that's all I want to talk about, Adelaide and Hawthorne. It was a shit game. Uh, Western Bulldogs and Sydney Swans, great game. 
Um, really surprised me. The Bulldogs, they uh, found a couple of winners, I think. Um, uh, Richards looks like an absolute winner, and he did last year as well. But with Richards and Norton um, going into the forward uh, 50, they look like game winners every time. Well, Richards, he, he gets a lot of attention because Jesus, hair's on fire. Red. It's red, isn't it? Like it's there, really red. Like there's Ben Brown has red hair, yeah. But Richards is just that. He must be just the absolute uh, straight genetic line to the original <laughs> redhead <laughs> mutation gene. Could be. Um, there, there would be um, uh, what the the humanists or the um, don't know anthropologists or whatever yep. that would be collecting his DNA samples for study. Oh, it's pure. It's pure, yeah. there's no doubt. Um, and I'm not suggesting he uh, is the product of a lot of inbreeding, but he might be. Yeah, he could be. Um, I thought the Swans played terrible for three quarters and yet still nearly came away with it. Yeah, missing Hanabry. Um, <laughs> well, actually, they were missing Buddy for three quarters. Um, you know, he's yeah. getting absolutely blanketed. Um, everyone's saying, oh, he's done nothing, he's done nothing. You never say that about him at three-quarter time. No. Because then he kicked three in the, and looked well, like he could take it away from him. He's a moment player. He's never going to be your grunt. Um, but he has the ball in his hand. You're shitting yourself if you're, if you're a yeah. defender because he's either going to belt it in from 70 or he's going to step around you and make you look dumb. Yep. Uh, um, and, or, yeah, he's, he's an absolute freak, so you should never count him out, even if he is underdone. He plays underdone. Which he, he used to be able to do those um, burst of speed about three times a quarter, and now it's probably only three times a half. <laughs> But he still has it in him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he's still 6'6". Uh, yeah, yeah, and it still doesn't matter if you're the one stuck on the replay. Hey, uh, first 10 seconds of the game, Isaac Heaney's put a contender up for Mark of the Year. Jesus right, wasn't it? I could say, if it's not Mark of the Year, something that beats it's going to be impressive. Uh, well, yeah, Darcy Moore is uh, looking at it. He had a fair crack. Did he? Yeah. yeah. Oh, Rewalt took a nice one, but um, uh, but no. No, um, Heaney's was an absolute freak. Um I, I hope it gets beaten because if it gets beaten, that's mm. that's fantastic. Was it Darcy Moore that didn't had a screamer in the last couple of years and didn't get in the final for Mark of the Year? No, it was probably Howe. Jeremy Howe, uh, that was it. Yeah, yeah. It's usually Jeremy Howe. <laughs> I don't know why I get those two confused. No, he took an absolute screamer the year that Danaher won Mark of the Year, and you're like, what? Yeah, I remember. That. And at the Brownlow, he's like, what the fuck? What? Yeah, exactly. And fair enough too. Yeah, he was he was well within his rights there. Just needs to grow a shit mo. Um, the other upset that I somehow tipped. Not on this podcast, but on the, the tipping app I did. Uh, Brisbane over the Eagles, and Brisbane all over the Eagles. See, how fucking high were you on the tipping app? I mean, <sighs> going into round one, Brisbane, who everyone expects to, you know, do pretty well, well against the reigning Premier. Like, come on. Yeah, well, I picked them. Um, you know, home, home ground advantage means a lot. And also, I was, I was predicting a little bit of a Premiership hangover. Um, I've I got to say, I just fucking nailed it. Let's be honest. I mean, West Coast were up pretty heavily at quarter time, but oh, the, the, then I, they just... No, they smashed them out of the gate. Um, so much so that, you know, I was watching the other game um, and I thought, well, good, I don't need to turn over. Um, and then it got interesting. Um, and that, they absolutely piled it on. Um, and it wasn't a, a flood either. It was just gradual. It's like, no, we've got the ball. We're controlling it. Um, and I think West Coast really looked in disarray. Um, you know, missing a couple of players, but nothing to, you know, throw them out by that much. Yeah. But um, I think it was really telling uh, with Liam Ryan getting reported in the last 30 seconds hmm. when he had he had a shot in front of goal, 20 metres out. He didn't do much to get reported, but he did enough that he's losing the ball and then called for an interchange. Hmm. Like that one that shows you somebody's got in your head and your head's not in the game because 
Why are you calling for an interchange when you should know there's 20 seconds left or 30 seconds no. left? Because even though the runners can't get out there, they know how long. All right, two minutes to go. Yep, yep, gotcha. Yeah. So he asked for an interchange with 20 seconds left. It really says, all right, you're already down by eight goals at this stage or whatever it was. Actually, that wasn't the worst decision over that game, though. Uh, Australian Financial Review put up an article on Liam Ryan getting racially vilified. Uh, that was the day after, yeah. Yeah. Picture of Willie Rioli. That's, way, that's how you do it. So, lads, come on. Somebody somebody look over this. Yeah. Um, some, and what the fuck is the AFR doing reporting on sport anyway? Oh, who knows? Who knows? Uh, leave that to the age of the Herald Sun. You know, you, you don't see anyone in the Herald Sun talking about meaningful economics. <laughs> they just blame foreigners. And I, so. I don't see anything in the Herald Sun. I don't read it. <laughs> um, on to the Sunday. Oh, I was going to say, though, in that game, McCluggage. Uh, yeah. He's been talked up for a bit. His best game so far. He looked like a leader. Yeah, uh, yes, he did, and Cam Rayner as well. Fuck that! Yeah. If the, if Cam Rayner could be cloned, he'd be the first twelve draft yeah. picks every year. Yeah, I, a ready-made AFL footballer is so rare, but to come in, uh, you know, this is his second season now, but even his first season, he was a game breaker, and he's going to be that player for so long. Um, oh, I can only hope that there's some war chests around the joint. <laughs> Yeah, yep. Um, on to the Sunday where I went 0 for 3 in my tip, so that pulled me back to the, the pack. You, uh, you thought GC would get up? Well, I only lost by a fucking point. Yeah, wasn't no, far it's... off it. Saints were an absolute rabble. Um, yeah, they've lost so many players through injury um, Look, through, through the start of the season. I'll believe you, because uh, this matchup was one that I just didn't want to watch. And turned into one of the best games of the weekend. Which is always but, the fucking way. Isn't it? Um, but not just because they were evenly matched. I thought the play, especially early on, um, was really f- free flowing. They, they were hitting targets. You know, they, they were moving the ball quickly. Um, it looked great. Um, there's even uh, Peter Wright got a nomination for goal of the week um, as well. So he had a good game. Old two meter Peter. Well, he's he's got a fair bit of forward line to himself these days. Um, and also uh, Parker, um, Matty Parker for uh, the the Saints playing his first game. He's got the full sleeve tats and uh, been through you know a couple of drafts and that kind of stuff. Um, looks like he's got the goods. He's got a bit of toe. Kicked his first goal as well. There are eleven players that kicked their first goal this weekend. Um, yeah, which kind of happens in, in round one. But uh, I thought, you know what? They've got something with him. He looks all right. Yeah, all, all good. Um, we got to talk about the Hanbury decision, though, right? <laughs> what? <sighs> it's everything that you ex- would have thought was going to happen happened. Well, that was the thing. Like when they got him on, you're like, oh, maybe, maybe they reckon they can get him right despite the fact that uh, he's been fucking destroyed and Sydney have generally been pretty good at keeping their people in the park. Um, and then exactly what we thought happened yeah. did. Well, I think what they only really made two mistakes. One was when they, they got him over, which I am fine with. I, I think the, there's a lot of sense. On a four to five year deal though. That's the mistake. They added a year and an option to his, he already had three years, a three year deal. They added a year and an option for a fifth. You didn't need to do that um, to get him across. I think yeah, I that was think, one mistake. I don't think Sydney were driving that hard a bargain. No, no, no. They were, they were happy. They were very happy to get this cap space as well as... Yeah, they um, would have been like, yeah. all right, how much of his wage you have to pay? <laughs> None. <laughs> um, their second mistake was saying that, oh, he might actually play. You know, he's developing... Really well. No, 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 no. Just in the off-season. Yeah. Should have just left it. Go, we don't expect him to play. We just want to get him his body right. Don't come out with the optimism stuff. Just be a realist about it. They went too optimistic and they're going, oh, he could come back. You know, he might be around one even. He's training well. No, he's had a setback. Oh, he, you never know. He's coming back from that setback. He's had another setback. 
And now um, they said round four, and then the coach come out and went, no, 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 round six or seven. Um, so the other <laughs> third mistake then, out of the two mistakes, um, get a consistent message. Because when the uh, the higher-ups are saying one thing and the coach is saying another, mm. somebody's fucked up. So the fourth mistake was putting him in the leadership group. Uh, I think have, I think the mistake was taking him out. Well, one or the other. You can't yeah. have him in there and then take him out in round one. Before he's even played a game. Yeah, I mean, surely it's not the on-field leadership you're after. It's the off-field surely, cultural thing. That's which, the fucking point of recruiting him, is yeah. for his leadership. And let's be honest, he doesn't have the reputation as being the best off-field leader because no, of he's, he's had some issues. Um, and look, he doesn't have to keep pay, playing, uh, paying for them. Maybe he's learned his lesson. I have no idea. But I would... Like, I would assume that getting a bloke in who has had those issues, let him work through half a season first and yeah. then put him in the leadership group if you can. Because yeah. St. Kilda aren't winning anything this year. They're not going to make finals. They're not going to make premierships. I mean, fuck knows. I've been wrong before. Maybe they do. They've won this week. It might be a long time until we say that again. Yeah. I mean, maybe they'll go on a purple patch, but you'd have to say they would be <laughs> phenomenally above expectations if they made finals. I think a one-point win against Gold Coast is their purple patch. I think that's it. They're done. Well, look, that, maybe that's enough to get uh, Richo through to the end of the year. It could be. Could be. Um, Giants and Essendon. Um, I think out of all the teams that played poorly on the weekend, nobody copped it more than Essendon. Um, and <laughs> I think fair enough, too. Because uh, I thought Giants were on the way down this year, but um, they stood up and... They're just never headed. And no. they, they put the cue in the rack. Oh, absolutely, the they did. And then absolutely. Essendon got a couple of goals and <laughs> didn't matter. Um they were wasteful too, the Giants. <laughs> wasteful and won by, uh, you know, uh, 12 goals. Yeah. That's not bad. But uh, for a team that was touted as being a premiership contender or a top yep. four, you know, near certainty, to kick five goals in a match. Yep. Um, and there's a lot of players out there that just looked disinterested for Essendon. Um, Heppel was not one of those players, but there are, I think I highlighted on one of the footy shows on Monday night. Was it leadership? Uh, uh Sorry? Line number one? No. Um, uh, Zach Merritt. Um, just absolute lack of urgency around the ball and to chase. We know he's good when he's got it in his hands, but you've got to be good when it's not in your hands too. Yeah. And it's a shame that uh, for him that that was the one they picked out to highlight. Yeah. And they showed you know four or five highlights of you know the ball bouncing past him and, oh, well, uh, you've got it. You know, away you go. Um, yeah, that doesn't help. Well, one of the other ones, I can't remember which one it was, might have been 360 or whatever. Um, John O'Brien was saying that Essendon haven't got a lot of on-field leadership, they need to sort that out. Yeah. And for some reason, Gary Lyons was trying to bait him. Oh, both of them were being very silly about it. Was, Lyons was trying to agree with him, just trying to get him to shore up what he said. The problem is, he'd already said it. Yeah. Because yeah, I watched that, well, that um, one as well, yeah. John O'Brien's not the sort of bloke I'd want to frustrate, to be honest. No. He, he, he seems like... Uh, if you get him to a point where he decides he's had enough, he'll let you know. And I don't think Lions <laughs> is going to be able to stop him. Yeah. Um, but anyway, that was you know they'll they'll learn from that. Well, yeah. I, think. <laughs> I don't think uh, John is going to let his missus talk to Brownie uh, to Lions. But um, no, I mean, if you're an Essendon supporter, you're on the bottom of the ladder, and uh, you'd have to be feeling like that's nowhere near you thought you'd be at any stage of the season. Percentage Even though it's only of, round one of thirty-five. Yeah. yeah. And now it makes you know their next. Uh, month look very difficult. But in a season where there's expected to be this big uh, logjam from 6 to 12, that percentage can can make a difference. Yeah, yeah, it does. Uh, it is only one week, though. But yeah, it's, yeah. It, there's 
you know, 12 goals that they've got to make up uh, at some stage. Mm. You know, hopefully they'll play Carlton twice. Well, they play St. Kilda next week, I believe. So maybe they can have a crack at it then. Yeah, you can have a crack at it then, exactly, yeah. Um, and the final one was uh, the Dockers in North. Um, I've never seen a Dockers team like that. Look, North weren't good, but the Dockers were. I th- um, yeah, I think this is, um, you know, when you look at some of the games on the weekend, um, Hawthorne won because Adelaide Adelaide lost. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, this one, Frio won because Frio were good. Well, also I think Ross Lyon had a, a purple patch, literally. <laughs> yeah. Because people sometimes criticise Brad Scott of not having a B plan, C plan. He did. He had an A plan, which yeah. was uh, through the middle. The Dockers countered that. Yeah. And they switched to a B plan, which was to bring it through in the pockets and then run around the outside and yeah. narrow it in the centre forward. He countered that as well by stacking the um, back his own back flanks. Yep. And then the C plan was to run it at a half back and then he just stacked sort of in between yep. the centre line and the uh, centre half back line. The Dockers players found themselves in the right time to- in the right place at the right time a lot. Yeah, I think a lot of that was coaching. And yep. some of that was also uh, North being wasteful. Yep. Um, and frustrated in the end too. Yeah. Uh, losing Ev Eddie Vickers Wheelis uh, early on obviously wasn't good for the the structure. Yeah, because um, he's one that they expected to be the next Scott Thompson kind of thing, yeah. and it's his uh, fourth season-ending injury in five years. Yeah, he's had uh, a PCL, two ACLs, two shoulders, something like that. And once you start, you, he's never had a complete season. And once you start, um, you know, damaging the body enough that. It's so tender. He was the one that ran into a point post to do yep. his PCL last yeah, year. Yeah. Uh, he's just fucking unlucky. And that, that was a, a minor landing on a bent leg that uh, that did it. Yeah, it was certainly the weekend for it. You know? Yeah. Um, it's a, the, the way it goes. Um, I thought the other surprising um, hit was uh, Ben Cunnington on... I'm trying to think who it was. Um, Wilson it was. That's Nathan right. Wilson. He... It looked like he barely touched him. I thought he actually got him in the arm, but yeah. he dropped like a sack of shit. Yeah. Um, one of our uh, mates of the podcast mentioned that he got him in the liver. And because Cunnington's a bit of a boxer, if he did that on purpose, like actually yeah. managed a liver shot that put him down, I don't want to fucking argue with the bloke. Well, this is interesting because this is something we talked about during the JLT that, you know, when an AFL player swings, you know, just a quick little flick or a punch in the, in the guts and they go down. Was it Hawkins um, that did that? I've got a feeling it was Selwood, Selwood yeah. against... God, no, I've gone blank. Um, and, and we were saying, no, that's a grown footballer punching somebody. It doesn't yes. matter. It, it, it hurts. And now Cunnington does this, um, and he wasn't the only one on the weekend. And he he did it late in the game when they're already getting Yeah, fucked. it was pure frustration. Um, what would you say if you got a week for it? And the others got a week for it for the behind-the-play ones? Well, I mean, it's a punch. Yeah, and part of the game is you can't punch players. Yeah, that you know the North supporter in me thinks if you're able to get him the liver yeah. on the run from side on, that's pretty fucking decent. Yeah. Which I don't believe happened. I, if I don't believe he deliberately went, this is going to be liver shot that'll drop him. Yeah, well, but anyway, well, I think it's I think it's safe to say he did get him the liver because if he didn't, then he wouldn't be down for that long. Yeah, yeah. And I don't not for a second do I believe that Wilson was faking. No, I'm not yeah. uh, not assuming that. Cunnington's a hard bastard. Yeah, yeah of I think course, of course. Even if people don't like the player, he is one hard unit. Yeah, and when you're not expecting it, and you're looking the other way, and you're you know 100 metres off the ball, like you can get caught. Yeah. Um, you got a two grand fine, and I, yeah. If it had been a week, then I I wouldn't have much argument. 
yeah. if, if everyone gets the same. That's that's how exactly how I felt as well. I think getting just the fine is consistent with previous years. The only problem was I thought they were going to be different this year. And it is a punch. There's yeah. no uh, mitigating sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he wasn't trying to punch the ball out of his hand. It was he, he did it. Yeah, um, and I think that was. His, I think sometimes that's the thing too. Like if they're going to plead guilty or whatever. Or they want to just get them out of the tribunal. They don't yeah. want to waste time. Maybe that's it. Maybe they just had, I don't know, an appointment. Want to get know. out of there. Like, and, you know, coming from a Hawthorne supporter, there was one with Liam Shields in the JLT, and he got a fine. And I went, that's a week. That's, you should be doing that a week. It's a punch in the guts. I don't care how soft it was. Yeah. What, uh, what, what can drive me nuts, though, is this this round, everyone got off. Yeah. But it could be next round they suspended. They for decide, it. you know, oh, we went a bit soft there. Which, um, if if they communicate to the teams, look, lads, there was round one. You guys are a bit hyped up. You got away with it. Next round, it's all on. Now, then that's okay. He didn't get a week because they said it wasn't um, the impact wasn't heavy enough. I really like what Paul Ruse said on Monday night. He said what they should do is leave the medical report aside. They look at the action and go right. He does this, that, that. That equals one week. Now we look at the medical report. Does it equal two weeks or does it stay at one? So the medical report can only push it up, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. They can't go, oh, yeah, but it's soft. Like, no, no, you punched him. A punch is worth a week. Now, you didn't, he, he got up and he kept playing. Okay, stays at one. You knocked him the fuck out. All right, we're looking at two or three. So I think, too, what's worth consideration is, was it in the process of getting the ball? Yeah. It, was the ball the object? Because yeah. to me, someone who's coming in and maybe they... Uh, go for a spoil or whatever. bend over the ball or they jump through the ball and there was a couple on the weekend where it was low contact because they were but their sole object was the ball now the bloke was standing up over it even if you're going in for a spoil and you're late and everybody yeah. knows you're late like okay but that's that's a an action of of football you know yes this is a punch 100 meters off the ball there's no yeah and, none of that. and look Cunnington's a hard bar he generally doesn't do that sort of shit yeah um He'll definitely give someone a bit of a rib tickler if they're sitting on the ball. Um, and, you know, that's just the way he plays. But, yeah, I thought he was a, a bit lucky to go away with this one. But if the AFL decide to put all the rules on and communicate yeah. it to the teams and players, Look, then uh, I won't argue either. If if he got a week, there was three or four others that should have got a week on the weekend as well. And I would yeah. have been happy if they all did. Step it out. It's not going to stop. Yeah, I, It's not going to stop happening. I do think had they done that, then maybe it would have dropped off a bit. Yeah. Um, the other thing, watching the game, how good's Nat Fife? Yeah, yeah, he's still good. There's no doubt about that. He's one of the best players going around, without a doubt. Yeah. Um, Ken McCarthy, you got to say, had an absolute belter. Well, yeah, well. for for a bloke who shouldn't have been out there, yeah, he, he's done all right. Yeah, he, um, he's done exceptionally well. I don't think he's done Jesse Hogan's mental state any help. But, um, <laughs> no, um, uh, they do look embarrassed for riches. Um, what was really funny uh, going into this game as well, you now that we talk about um, uh, I thought, you know, Goldstein versus, you know, who's rocking for Frio? I'm like, oh, yeah, they got a lob back and lob back and, uh, and that. And you go, uh, they've still got Sanderlands on their list. I'm like, yeah, but he must be injured. Had a look. Oh, yeah, Sanderlands yeah. is injured. I forgot who was rocking for Rio, for Frio. Yeah. But when I remembered Sanderlands is on the list, I just automatically assumed he's injured. Like, yeah. before the teams were announced, I just assumed, yeah, he's injured. See, I thought um, Lob and um, Goldie sort of split the difference. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Yeah. Um, because they were both playing fairly wide of each other and going forward. And there was plenty of times when uh, Goldie was on his own, grabbing the ball, and then Lob was doing the same thing. Yeah. Uh, just Lob had a lot better delivery, and Goldie uh, did Free had more of the ball. Yeah. Um, but mind you, Lob uh, did a lot more than I thought he would. Yeah. Um, 
I had a look through as well. The On the AFL app, the stats are much, much better this season. They've done really well. Um, when you look at uh, pressure acts and number of tackles, there are a few North Melbourne players who go, mate, you know I mean? I, actually, I think North actually had more possession, but um, you know, they were fucking it up so Well, much. sometimes there was 14 handballs in a chain. Yeah. And I had a look at guys who go, when you're trying to look for positives for North, they go, oh, yeah, Pollock had a lot of the ball. I looked at it, he had one tackle for the entire game. Hmm. Now, I know that's not, you know, maybe they're using him as a distributor, yeah. you know, across halfback, and that's fine. You want somebody with good skills, but like a tackle champ. Yeah. <laughs> one tackle for a game is a little bit low. I mean, the mitigating factors are, you know, you're out most of your, your big backmen. Like uh, Durden's yeah. out. Mackay had a fucking terrible game. Terrence underdone because he's got a bad shoulder. Mad Jack's obviously yeah. going to be out for quite some time, if uh, if ever. You might see him at the bye. You might. Oh, Mad Jack? Yeah, after oh, the bye, yeah. I, I can only hope because I'll go to that match. Um, so they were a very short uh, back line and their forward line just wasn't firing. Uh, Mason Wood, he, he's got to do look more. Good. Uh, didn't look good. Didn't put a tackle on yeah. uh, that I saw. I think he might have got one hand tackle or something. But uh, didn't look the... The biscuits, um, uh, and also they just they just didn't click. Um, Jed yeah. Anderson not being in there also hurts the side. But that that's Frio had injuries too. They yeah. had uh, yeah. more than enough of their forward line out. But um, you know the encouraging point, obviously, being Bailey Scott, uh, pick forty seven, I think. Yeah. Jesus Christ, he went at ninety uh, percent efficiency. Granted, yeah. he did a lot of hardball gets, but uh, first gamer, Jesus, first gamer, yeah. and he's. Picked up the Norwich Rising Star, on, yep. you know, the NAB Rising Star. NAB Rising Star, is. yeah. Norwich, I don't think they even exist anymore. <laughs> Not for 20 years, yeah. <laughs> and uh, deserved it. Yep. Uh, you could make the argument for a few other players. Exactly. But... It was a highly competitive weekend for Noms, because yeah. it was the first week, so many debutantes and all that. But and none of them were more efficient under more pressure. I don't think so. I don't think so, yeah. Uh, and for a, especially for a kid so far down the uh, bidding order, and North Ham is a father-son anyway, but... yeah. Jeez, there'd be a few other teams thinking they might have put put one in for him earlier. You could have. You um, on the positive side for North, this is an excuse to get more kids in because they've got uh, Taron Thomas waiting in the wings. They've got um, Cam Zerha. They've got Taylor Garner, who looks like he's going to be able to come back in. So, I mean, shit, if if you're one of those lads, you'd, you'd be pretty positive you might be able to get a Guernsey. There's going to be some changes, you'd think. Uh, one of them, that. I think, has to be Luke McDonald. He has a, had a shit 2018 and he didn't look very good this game either. And the worst part about it, and I've said this before, he'll kick the ball out on the full without being any pressure on him. Yeah. And he just sort of smirks, laughs. <laughs> oh, that was fucking funny. Yeah. It's like, mate, not what we want. You you want it to hurt him a little bit. Especially as a father-son. You want them to just think, fuck, yeah. you know, I, I, this is a legacy I don't want. I'm disgracing myself, disgracing the club, right in front of me. Um, and just, <laughs> no. Yeah. All right, let's uh, have a forward look then to this weekend, and uh, I'll try and put the tips on the podcast that I actually put into the AFL app. So we're starting off on Thursday night with the Tigers and Collingwood. Um, I reckon Collingwood have got more to prove, and I yeah. after their last weekend where they wasted more, both teams can improve on their performance last weekend. But I'm going Collingwood on this one. Yeah, no, nah. I think uh, Collingwood. I'd say their list is actually slightly better than Richmond. Yeah. Um, but I think they're it's a little deeper. bit more mentally fragile. Without uh, Rance and Hooley, that's definitely playing into Collingwood's forward line. But I think it's still going to work for them. I think Richmond is still going to be able to find a way, just with their run and gun. Uh, Swans and the Crows. 
on Friday night at the SCG. And we expect the SCG to be in absolute shit condition as well. Um, both teams coming off a loss, but I think Adelaide's loss hurt more. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, I, Sydney were a bit unlucky, in a way. Yeah, oh, They played shit for three quarters and managed to claw their way back and nearly steal yeah. it. Um, but I, I think the Crows are going to win um, the second time in two years in at the SCG. Well, you said you had a, a real hard time winning at the uh, SCG. <laughs> Last year, they did, yeah. Um, how's Buddy? How, how's he doing? <laughs> Played shit, kick three. <laughs> uh, he's not getting any fitter in a few days, is he? So He's Buddy. Yeah, that, that's the fucking problem. Um, I don't think Adelaide have anyone that can really man him up well, properly. Talia is going to be their match-up for him. Um, and he, I think he kicked goal of the year on Talia last time they played at yeah. Adelaide Oval. Um, it might be a couple of years ago now, but um, it's definitely, you can't have, there is no one-on-one for Buddy Franklin. You, you've mm. got to have a team defense. Um, I think Adelaide, they couldn't play as badly as they did last week again. Yeah, no, I'm on Adelaide too. Uh, Essendon and St Kilda uh, at Marvel Stadium. Essendon could not play as badly as they did last week, surely. No, I do think um, St Kilda at Marvel have dragged other teams down to their standards sometimes. Yep. I think that'll happen this week. But I think Essendon's still got too many good players. They've got too many guns. They, they, again, like, if they lose this, shit, Wush is in trouble. Yeah, making yep. it around four. I, I believe that too. I, I'll go with that. Uh, Port Adelaide playing their first home game against Carlton. Um, Jesus Christ, you've got to say Port after that last week. Well, they looked monstrous, and Carlton looked improved yep. on 2018, but not by enough that I'd uh, tipped them much this season. Um, I think that Port Adelaide have one of the best... Um, uh, home ground, not home ground advantages because it's not really that much of an advantage, but yeah. goddamn, they play better at home. Um, they play with a, a bigger spirit at home. Yeah. Did you tip Port for the My Premiership? <laughs> no. No. <laughs> so I think both on Port? Yeah. Have to, like on form, you have to, which probably means yeah. you can't win really. But. Geelong and Melbourne. Um, they so, had I like th- this one. Two absolute crackers in the regular season last year. Um, this is the hardest game to tip for the round for me. Yeah. I, to me, um, the tactic of roughing up Gorn is obviously something that they'll look at. I mean, yeah. they it, it works so damn well. You're gonna you're gonna look at it, aren't you? Again, you can't work twice. <laughs> Especially if they put Proust in, and I think yep. that's uh, Melbourne's best response is to say, "All right, Gorny, uh, we're going to go back to the '80s now. You're yep. going to be changing off the bench, and you're going to bring the monster in for maybe five minute bursts, or, or change in the in the forward pocket. You know, because um, Gorny can take a good grab. Yeah, I don't think. Bruce can jog for... I don't know if he can either, but maybe he can go off the bench and Gorney goes... (laughs) He he swaps with one of the midfielders and then Gorney just goes to full forward. Uh, And that's what they got him there for. Uh, It was kind of funny uh, when they recruited him, but right about now, you're thinking, geez, that might uh, might be genius. All jokes aside, not just because Bruce is a big unit, but just a second ruckman. Yes. It's going to help. Uh, especially if he's getting beaten up. Yeah. But, and Reece Stanley had a great game last week. Yeah. So you've got, you got to respect not that. not the sort of bloke to actually get too physical. And, no. Uh, I think the only real one they have that might would be Dangerfield. And oh, he's not going to go too far beyond because nah. he still thinks he's got a couple of Brownlows in the in the waiting. Um, so but, who do you think? Uh, Geelong or Melbourne? Oh, it's a GMHBA, isn't it? Oh, it is, it is too. Yeah, it's down in um, I, I think this one is either going to be game of the round or they're both going to both teams will negate each other and get a boring sort of... Uh, get grind. a real tussle. Yeah, but it'll be entertaining. So uh, I kind of have to go Geelong, I think. I'm going to say, the more I think about it, the more I'm leaning towards Geelong. Yeah, which leaves Melbourne 0-2. That's not a good start. 
No, but no. I mean, you know, they'll, they'll come good. Hey, Collingwood started 0-2 and two last year. Yeah. Uh, West Coast and the Giants over at Optus Stadium. Fuck, this is another one. Like, West Coast coming off a pretty insipid effort and Giants looking like world beaters. Yeah. Um, but it is back there. Yeah, I, I don't think Giants have won an Optus Stadium against West Coast. I think they're... But, again, West Coast are going to be embarrassed by the effort they put up on... Uh, on Saturday, this will be the unfurling of yeah. their flag as well, which they'll be pumped up. And, yeah, but but GWS did look good. They did. They looked very fucking good. Uh, how does that midfield work then? Because uh, I think that uh, is the, Kelly back yet? No, no, he's still out. Still out. He's in my supercoach team. Fuck. Um, <laughs> Canelio absolutely killed it though. Jeez, he's driving his price up. Isn't he? Um, yeah. Look, I have to go GWS. I. On form, they're in the spot. They're in the zone. They're looking good. Cameron's kicking goals. Yeah, have to go with them. Uh, North and the Lions at Marvel Stadium. See, this one fucks me over. It's hard now, isn't it? Well, when I did the uh, preseason ladder, I had North losing this match because I thought, first four games, they're going to be pretty, you know, getting used to everything. They're going to be trying to gel, you know, yep. the whole magic situation still a distraction that wasn't welcome in preseason, you know. Just all of that. leaving emotion out of it. That's a, a fact. I hope he gets better and plays again. Um, but based on form, Brisbane looking brilliant and North look pretty shit house. Um, North play Marvel Stadium better though. They do. And I think it suits Ben Brown a lot better too. Yep. And it's going to depend on the team announced. If North uh, decide to play all the kids, then I'd say Brisbane get it. But North would win uh, for themselves if their kids get through the match and look good. Yeah. Uh, and, and that's fine because North aren't in the premiership contention this year and neither are Brisbane. So getting games in the kids with their primary option. But if North decide, no, no, we, we want to give our backer guys in, let them um, show that last week. So pick one. Uh, it has to be Brisbane. Like on form, they're in it. Okay, yeah, I, I'm going to tip North because, I, I, again, they, they've got to be embarrassed about last week. Um, and Brisbane have got to be very happy with themselves, I think. Yeah. Uh, Hawks and the Bulldogs at the MCG. Both. It's tough now, isn't it? It is. Liver. Brilliant. Yeah. What a game. Why does he have Homer Simpson on one bicep and a... Fruit and nut bar on the other? Well, it was a different Simpsons character on the other one. Oh, no, he has the, yeah, the kid, the, the teenage ice cream salesman. Yeah. But he, he does have a fruit and nut, a Cadbury fruit and nut bar on on his forearm or something. Because he's a weird unit. It's just, just, just leave it at that. I just, I... Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, there is a 5% chance that Tom Scully plays this game. Isn't that ridiculous? I For his sake, I hope he doesn't. Well, I think... You've got to really come back through the VFL. Get through a half yeah. a foot in the VFL, then we'll start talking about it. But especially on a week when we've seen, what, three ACLs and a bunch of other injuries. Uh, a couple more if you include uh, the state leagues. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, uh, you know, get him right. Yeah. We want him for five years, not yeah. this season. Um, tough game to pick, though, because bullies were really um, exceptional. They were back to that uh, running in packs, yep. just. Uh, belligerent mentality which I, I love from their 2016 side and they had marking forwards wow. they had great marking forwards I was really impressed with Norton again mm-hmm. um, I think they might have too much run for Hawthorne I think that too I think they're going to be extremely busy and as much as Hawthorne have some speed too I think they've got more Yeah, and Hawthorne with the, like I said <laughs> the least worthy winners on the weekend Yeah, uh, Gold Coast are hosting Fremantle 
on form free, I've got it all. Yeah, it's got to be. It's got to be. Um, I mean, Gold Coast put up a good effort against St Kilda, but it was St Kilda. And they did put up a good effort. They played very, very well, but um, I think that uh, uh, Frio are only getting better. All right, that'll do us for the first round. Yeah, have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.